Hey guys, thanks for listening to another episode of the Raptors Den presented to you by Faulty Logics. Um, you're here with your man Peter, my man here Dan, and our new guest host for this week here, our boy Adam. Uh, why don't you say Adam? hey Adam? For uh, how's it going guys? My name's Adam. I'm from uh, Hamilton. Uh, me and the guest host uh, Peter go way back. I'm a big uh, Toronto sports fan, big Raptors fan, so ready to get fired up and uh, let's get talking. Yeah, I'm, we're very excited to have him here there. Uh, another input is always valued, valuable here with the uh, Raptors Den. Uh, stacked agenda that we have here today. We're going to be touching a little bit on the, the biggest trade rumor in the NBA for, so far this season for sure. Um, that's Blake Griffin going over to the Detroit Pistons from the Clippers. Um, we have a couple of signings here as well with Greg Monroe. Um, and the main portion of this this week's podcast will be heavily on the All-Star Weekend. That is coming up next weekend. I, I think it is uh, the 9th, uh, the 10th to the 13th or something of February. Yeah, Valentine's Day weekend. That's true. Um Something to look forward to. I'm actually looking forward to this All-Star Weekend. Some good events, good good players. I like the mix-up that they did a little bit here with the drafting of the teams, not so much East and West. We'll definitely get more into depth about that there. For sure. But uh, starting off here with the Blake Griffin trade going well, to Detroit. Let's, before we get into the oh, nitty-gritty, yeah. the, the giveaway that we have. So, again, same as every week. We're trying to get to 100 subscribers. So, uh, help us hit that button down there. Uh, comment below. We're going to pick a winner from uh, any of the Raptors Den episodes. Once we hit 100 subscribers, we'll do it live on the podcast. And uh, you get a chance to win two of $15 Google Play uh, gift cards. So, uh, yeah, share this with your friends and family. Help us get to 100. That's uh, that's the goal for us. Yep. Uh, we need a comment there, guys. And make sure your account's not private so we can see who you are in order to hook up and get you that, those gift cards. Yeah. Great. So, um, yeah, now, now getting back into the real NBA juicy part of this podcast here. We can start talking about that Blake Griffin trade going to uh, Detroit. So just my first instincts of seeing the trade, I thought it has to be a move for Detroit for a guy. They need a guy to build the team's um, sales around. They need a face of the franchise. They didn't have that before, in my opinion. I think this is a move. It also makes them better, I mean, in a way. But I think they just needed um, for ticket sales, for jersey, for... Uh, I said to Pete on the way here, I think the Clippers kind of squeeze the the Blake Griffin juice out of the orange you know so uh I think hopefully moving him on to Cleveland or uh Detroit um they can they can utilize his uh, marketing assets and uh go from there I think you hit the nail on the the nail on the head there Adam because purely one with Blake Griffin going to Detroit it's more of a reason for a free agent to go and play play and team up with Blake Griffin to try and make something out of the the weaker Eastern Conference which as a whole there's just not many Competitive teams in the East. Yeah, um, but I'm not too sure what you feel. Um, I, I agree 100 percent as well too. Like they did, they needed a superstar. Uh, they had Drummond. We knew he was going to be good. We didn't know how good, and he is not as good as they probably wanted him to be. Um, he's getting there, but he has flaws in his game, like his free throw shooting that he's working on. But you need that superstar, and he, he can't create his own shot. Andre Drummond. Of course, he creates his own shot off of rebounds, putbacks, and things of that nature, second chance points. But he needs someone to take the attention off of him, set a screen, roll to the hoop, get an easy two. Right. Blake Griffin is really good at that. What's interesting about this deal is the, the league has been moving in the shooting uh, direction the last, last couple of years, threes, uh, raining threes. So gun. I think for Detroit to have the two big, big men like uh, Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin, kind of following the Pelicans um, yeah. plan from last season, going with Cousins and... Uh, Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis, thank you. Um, it's just an interesting uh, strategy. Maybe they're trying to go against the league and just try and overpower guys with the post game. 
Um, it's tough to see how it's going to work with Cousins and Davis with Cousins going down this year. But you know what? I think it's a, it's a good swing. So we'll see what happens. I, I, I like the idea where they're coming from. Coming from a Raptors fan, I've seen this tried and failed miserably with the Chris Boss, Jermaine O'Neal experiment. <laughs> right. that went terribly wrong with the Raptors. Of course, it might not be that bad for what is going to be happening with um, there in Detroit or how it's doing with the Pelicans before Cousins went out. Um, the Spurs are doing something similar with LaMarcus Aldridge and Paul Gasol. They're being relatively competitive in the West there, and that's a better conference. So, like you said, it's a good experiment. Why, but why just not? to compare to the Jermaine O'Neal, Chris Bosch, I feel like the Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond and um, Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins is a 1A and 1B, where Jermaine O'Neal and Chris Bosch, Chris Bosch was definitely the better of the two. Yeah. So, I mean... And he was still young at the time. And he was time. still young at the time. Right. Jermaine had the bad knees um, after the Indiana career. So, I mean, I think it's just a different... You're, I see, where, I see, yeah, I see where you're going with it, but uh, I think it's just, okay. I think, I think Jermaine O'Neal can't be compared to Griffin and uh, Demarcus, Demarcus Cousins. I think the double big man game can work really well because, uh, like Adam said, everyone's going with the smaller lineups, uh, shooting threes and everything, and when it comes down to it, if you have a dominating uh, front court there, how are you going to handle it? Right, they're just going to beat you up in the paint. Slow the pace down. Um, and no, that's very true. And, and like you guys are saying, these guys are big men, but they're not your prototypical big men. Blake right. Griffin and Andre Drummond get up and down the right. court. They yeah. are athletic. They right. are they're long. They're rim rim protectors. And no, it's true. I can I can see it. I don't. It's still Detroit. They have no wing presence now that they lost Avery Bradley. They don't have a true point guard. Yes, they have Reggie Jackson, who's a solid point guard. He's a good role player. Is he going to lead your team to greatness? I saw a tweet from the owner, just a quote saying they didn't even think that they could get Blake get Blake Griffin so the fact that they got him I think is just huge for them Stan Van Gundy's on cloud nine I imagine he has a guy to actually strategize behind exactly now. he has something to to build around so hey we'll see what happens hey, yeah no I'm looking forward to it I, I think it's going to be overall good yeah um, they cleared up a lot of cap space uh the Clippers did to bring in the free agent so I know we were talking a lot about Detroit but there's another team in this trade like right. the Clippers as well they cleared up a lot of cap space are they trying to make a run at one of those big free agency signings this year uh Adam, how, Honestly, how I was disappointed when Blake went to the Clippers from the start. I think that was just a disappointment. When he was in Oklahoma, I think he was just dunking over people. And he went to the Clippers. It was just like a, I feel like there's just like a, a little brother franchise in the NBA. Just a little disappointing yeah. for me. For, for me to see him move on is, is just good for uh, his career. Opinion. For his, his career, yeah. That's fair. For basketball fans in the East. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> another superstar. How about you there, Dan? How, what, what was the Clippers' benefit out of this deal? I think the Clippers actually benefit a lot because what they had obviously wasn't working. Um, it's true. They're they lost. They lost Evans? Jamal Crawford. They lost. Uh, uh, they Chris lost Paul. Chris Paul. Um, yeah, and and the the funny thing is that they tried so hard to keep DeAndre Jordan there, um, and now they just pretty much blew everyone up, and he's the only one there. So <laughs> and, and starting from scratch, I, I think I think that was them hitting the reset, self destruct button. Clear up some cap space. We know if we can't sell DeAndre Jordan by Thursday, he's going to be leaving in July. Um, so let's get some value from one of these people that we still have possession of, which is Blake Griffin, who has a stupid fat contract that he signed last year. It was like five years, 100-something million. Yeah. Um, moving that off the books is beneficial. Um, and I know a lot of people are saying that Paul George is looking to go to the Lakers because he wants to go back home in L.A., like we said last week, there's two LA teams. Why not go to the Clippers and rebrand a huge franchise under yourself in your home city? Um, now that you would be the man of LA, yes, it's a, a little brother 
kind of team in the league. I, I get that. But still, it's your own team in your home city. You're going to put butts in the seats. People are going to come just to watch you. There's always celebrities in L.A. that will come and watch Paul George. So I don't think it's going to happen, but they can make a run. I don't, I don't see why not. I think the Clippers have realized their glory days of the core of DeAndre, Chris Paul, and Blake are gone. And I think they're just re, their rebuilding phrase has happened. Um, Blake, Chris have left. I think DeAndre's the next to go in the next couple of days. That's just my opinion. Um, Lou, I think Lou's gone as well. Yeah. So I think they're just building assets and they're yeah. doing the similar, like the crash and, and rebuild kind of type and deal. So it's not too bad either. I don't think they've. I would. Some people say they lost the trade. I don't necessarily agree. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. they both did really well in the trade. Um, I mean, the Clippers still got back two starters and Avery Bradley and Tobias Harris. Yeah. And they got a couple of uh, two, draft picks, two draft picks in the next year and t- in year or two. So yeah, they got one ne- one next year and one the year after. Right, so it's not that bad. They're going to be able to. Uh, Are they both first? Rebuild. One of them's a first round, and one's a second round. Okay. Twenty eighteen to the Clippers. Twenty eighteen first round and twenty nineteen second round. Yeah. Yeah. No. To the Clippers from Detroit. Who realistically, Detroit's not going to be that great of a team in the next two years, so their picks going to be pretty nice. Well, superstars come at a steep price, and when Detroit needs one, you know they're gonna they're gonna give up a little bit of farm system to get one. So, yeah, and, 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 and they got like Blake Griffin, like you said, he signed into five year five year deal. They they can hang on to him for a while. Right? Yeah, he has a, so. a guaranteed four years of the Pistons. Right, it's a low risk before you have to right. put out this new contract, where the contract is just getting higher and higher mm-hmm. with every year. So it's a good way and to hold a, a superstar. He will sell jerseys in Detroit. He will get commercials. He'll yes. get it all. He'll get the superstar treatment. So it's, it's I think actually, that's the big part of him going there. The rebuilding of Detroit as a city as a whole, it's like rebuilding everything. Yeah. So it's, it's a good fit. I think yeah. it's going to be a good fit. Let's I agree. Um, moving on there, that was a good uh, discussion on that trade there. One signing that was kind of out of left field. We didn't hear much of, of this player before the season started, but Greg Monroe. Um, there was a little bit of debate of him coming to either New Orleans or going over to Boston, and he was coming from the Bucks, was he not? Something like that. Uh, yeah, I don't really know where he was coming from. He was, <laughs> Phoenix? With the Phoenix maybe, no, it was oh, actually Phoenix. Phoenix, Phoenix bottom yeah. out. It was actually out. Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. He was in there with the Bucks last year. Um, yes, Greg Monroe has been a name that's been on the decline in the last year, maybe year and a half. But when he first came into the game, he was pretty good. Yep. He was actually right. running a team. He was he was a good, solid, low presence. You're not going to get that this year, I'm sure. He's more of an off-the-bench, Tristan Thompson kind of role player. Still could be valuable to a team making a push. And he actually did sign a deal with the Boston Celtics for a one-year deal. Just for $5 million. This is a pretty good signing for them. Um, is this the piece that will help Boston get over in the playoff run if they run into Cleveland or the Raptors? Uh, personally, I don't. Th- I think they're already going to win the East, but that's just my opinion. I Fair. think it was just an interesting signing because when I think center, I think he's a center, yep. correct? Center big man. Center, center big man. Al I think Horford. just Al, Al Horford dominates that position in Boston. So it was just, I just thought, eh, well, I thought other teams can maybe use Greg Monroe. Um, better than Boston can, but you know what? I think it is a, it is a good signing. Um, and he adds some depth to the, to the uh, big man game in Boston, which they need. Um, they obviously have the guards and the forwards to do it, so I think it does help them. Um, they got him at a cheap price compared to maybe what they could have signed him about two or three years ago at a big contract. So, yeah, I think it's good for them. Yeah, it's it's exactly what you said. It's the depth part of it because they have Al Horford, they have Aaron Baines, and they have, their starting power forward is like Jason Tatum, right? So. Having that veteran presence, who he knows how to play the game, and I think he's super undervalued because, like you said, he played really well back in Detroit. But, yep, and yep. the only reason we stopped seeing more of him was because of the emergence of Andre Drummond, really. Um, yep, yep. So I think, uh, and he's had a couple he's of kind of being slept on. 
that too. But I think he can. I think he can still produce. You know, if yeah. given the opportunity. I think the whole uh, the whole situation in the NBA is opportunities. Okay, that's very true. Um, yeah, I I think Greg Monroe, out of the two teams that he was going between the Pelicans or the or the Celtics, I think he made the better choice for himself for if he's looking to win a championship this year, if not this year, next year. Um, the Celtics are in a better position to do longer playoff runs than the Pelicans are in the immediate future. Um, I don't know, but if it is all about opportunity, the Pelicans were give, gift rafting, gift wrapping him the starting job because Boogie is out now. Boston, he's coming and he's going to be fighting for time against Tatum, Baines, Al Horford, respectively. Um, so, yes, I don't know where he's looking at if it is for his opportunity to make a big name because this is his... Um, free agency contract. If he didn't sign this one-year deal, he was a free agent. So he could have tried to get a, a value by showing, showcasing his skill in New Orleans and then trying to get the money in uh, the second year. Me, personally, I would have went to New Orleans instead of going to Boston. I don't think that game system is going to fit Greg Monroe as well as it would have in New Orleans, who is used to playing with two big men on the court almost all the time. I'm um, Going in to Boston where it's Kyrie, create, space. Greg Monroe doesn't have a jump shot. Outside the paint at all. Okay. Al Horford has a mid-range jump shot. Most people on Boston have a mid-range jump shot. Just so Kyrie can create, kick out, jump shot. I don't know if it's going to be a good fit. Hopefully, if any man can convert him, it is Brad Stevens. Like, right. He is a genius. Um, something to watch, too. I'm, I think I'm going to you be You know what? Sometimes going to a good team like the Celtics, for a guy like Monroe, who has been on not-so-good teams or mediocre teams like Detroit, Phoenix, and Milwaukee, can help in the resurgence of his career. Um, also... Yeah, they might not be the best system for him, but I think like guys like Kyrie are so skilled, um, just ball movers or whatever, they can find him in the situations where they need to find him. Or put him in the situations. Or, and even Brad like Stevens. Yeah. Brad Stevens knows the type of player he is, right? So yeah. The other thing, too, is that uh, there are rumors that Gordon Hayward may return by the end of the season. Imagine. Can you imagine that as a lineup? Imagine. Kyrie, Gordon Hayward, Tatum as a stretch three, Monroe, and Al Horford? Not bad playoffs, especially in the playoffs when your benches, you only use eight guys realistically yeah. in the postseason. That's not They're bomb bad without bad. Gordon Hayward. With shooting, right, Gord, right. shooting Gordon Hayward is just extremely scary. Yeah. And that's why I think they're going to win the East. Uh, we'll see what happens. But yeah, I see. Monroe helps him. Marcus Smart with the defense off the bench as well. He can space the floor. Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown. Like, hey. They drafted very well last couple of years. Yeah. And it's, and it's helped them immensely. Hate Good saying depth. that. Good depth. Yeah. Hate saying that because it's you know what? Yeah, I agree. Like, being a Raptors fan, like the Celtics, they always and they're only gonna get better with these with these picks these coming guys. up too. Yeah, yeah. they stock loaded picks. But I don't know. It's gonna be Celtics. It's a, it's a good franchise to watch in the upcoming years. We'll have to see how Monroe fits there for the long term. Yep. Um, something to be good to come to. Um, so moving on to the real thing that we want to talk about this week here um, is the All Star Weekend that's coming up in the NBA. Uh, the unofficial halftime of the league. Coming into the trade deadline is going to be right before All-Star Weekend as well. So we know what teams are going to be finishing off as. Um, a lot of good competitions and contests this week, this year at the All-Star Game. We have the Rookie Rising Stars Game, the Dunk Contest on Saturday, the Three Point Contest, the Skills Contest, and of course the big game on Sunday. Um, so we can just touch base first on the Rising Stars Game. They are doing a world game team versus the Team USA right. with rookies and second-year players. Um, I believe that are going to be selected for these two teams. We can just touch base on who you think has a better team, if there's any snubs on the, all, on the 
rising stars game that could have been on the world team or the USA team. Um, I know you had an interesting point to bring yeah. up there, Adam. So this, this uh, as a Raptors fan, this one hits home. So I just think that I saw a tweet this week that would put a Raptors all-rookie or sophomore team of uh, Fred Van Vliet, um, uh, Delon Wright, uh, OG Anubwe, um, Pascal Siakam, and uh, Jakob Pertl. You put those starting five up against these starting five, Team USA or Team World, and I think those five Raptors give these starting five a run for their money. Um, that being said, I think one should at least one should be in here, um, either OG or Jakob Pertl, in my opinion. Um, those are the two for me that got robbed. But if you put those five rappers against these five starters for either team, I think they give them a run. So that says something. Uh, I agree 100 percent with uh, with uh, OG and Pertle. Um, Pertle um, has been one of the guys that I've been really, really fond of with uh, the Toronto Raptors. I think uh, he's eventually going to take over that starting spot from JV. That uh, he just needs to develop a bit more. I, I really like Pertle's yep, game. Um, He's long, he's tall, he can play defense better than um, JV, especially on the perimeter. Um, so, I don't know, I think he's eventually going to be a really good guy. And yeah, I think he was snubbed for sure. Uh, I tend to agree. I know we're all, all a little bit biased because we're all Raptors fans. I know this is the main thing that not one of our rising stars are able to be in this game. Especially because when you think of the Raptors, we are a young team as a whole with the, the one or two year players. Like we have people like like what everyone that Adam said, Fred Van Vliet, rookie season. Delon Wright, this is his second season, I'm pretty sure. Maybe his third. But Technically his third, but I but think. But he had a right off season his right. very first year. Right. Um, ben Simmons is still in the game. This is technically his right. second year. So And he's up for working of the year. Joel Embiid, same situation as Delon Wright. Um, OG Ananobi, yes, he was thrown into the fire as a starting in the very first game of the season. And he has produced. Um, I think Robbed. he should have been in there uh, into the world team as well. Pascal Siakam, he started off really nice, kind of fizzled off. This is his uh, second year as well. Um, kind of fizzled off, but Jakopoldo, like he should have definitely been on Team World. Um, just looking off of the Team World's stat, like people on the team, yes, the Team World is a little bit more well-rounded, I think, in the big men position than the Team USA. Um, but I think he could have slipped in there before um, a lot of players. He could have slipped in there before definitely our, our own Canadian Dylan Brooks. He could have been in there for the forward in the world team. I, know, I like Dylan Brooks, though. He's, he's really good, too, as well. But and Even Frank. Nikella. Like, I can't even pronounce his last name, but. The guards from the next. No. I don't know if he should have been in the world game. Like, he's a rookie. He has a chance to play next year. This year, I don't know if he deserved it. It's true. Um. So, yeah. So, I think one of the Raptors should have been in there. Uh, Fred Van Vliet, especially in the last two months, he's been balling out of control. Um, I know it's a little bit later in the season before the All-Star game that he could have been in the Team USA. I think he could have definitely been in there. Um, Just to touch on Fred Van Vliet quickly, I don't know if you guys remember watching him at Wichita State during the March mm -hmm. Madness, but he was a treat to watch because he was on that team with uh, the New York Knicks, Nick um, Baker. Baker, Ron Baker. Ron Baker. And those two, and they're watching them be like, these two are absolute studs and these guys are going to go to the NBA. And the fact that the Raptors got him as an undrafted free agent, and I recognize his name from the start, and the fact he's actually playing well for the Raptors these last couple of weeks, like playing an unbelievable level as an undrafted point guard is just great for, it looks good on Ujiri, looks good on the Raptors, looks good on Dwayne Casey for utilizing him. He's an absolute steal. And, and it looks good on the G League because he did come through the Raptors 905. He did win the championship with them last year. He played the whole season with the Raptors 905. 
this is evidence that the G League, if you have a, uh, a secondary team in the city, it pays dividends immediately. Mm-hmm. Like we've had uh, Fran Vliet come from there, Pascal Siakam played a lot of time there. Norm Powell a little bit. Norm Powell played a lot of time there as well. So did DeLon Wright even. Um, if you guys were watching the Raptors game last night against Portland Trailblazers on February the 2nd, it was a kind of a blowout, so we got to put in a lot of our young guys. We have um, Lonzo Brown, who's playing really well with the 905, came and got a little bit of minutes. Same with um, something McKinney, who yep. came out with the G League, got a little bit of minutes in the NBA as well. Hit a couple threes. Like, he, he, he did well. And that's coming out of the G League, staying warm, getting time, getting reps. You can see in two to three years if these guys actually get a shot in the NBA. Everything you just said there, I think it um, points to Masai Ujiri's drafting. Um, first and second rounds, he's just absolutely killed it. With uh, two years ago, Pirtle and Siakam. Um, maybe two years before that, uh, DeLon Wright and Norman Powell first and second rounds. Like he is, You don't see second round players in the NBA make starting rosters or make rosters in general. So for, to see Pascal Siakam and Norman Powell and even Fred Van Vliet, a um, couple of second rounders and one undrafted free agent, making moves or... Um, impacting the Raptors game um, speaks volumes for Masai Ujiri's uh, managing position. 100%. So. Uh, but going on to the, the rookie and all-star game a little bit more as well, uh, the world in the West, they didn't necessarily designate any starters here, and I don't know if they've announced the coaches. I haven't heard any rumblings on all-star coaches. I know last year that they had um, guests Celebrity do it. Yeah, I remember Drake did it in Toronto that year. Kevin Hart or something. Yeah, and, and players as, as well. So I, Yeah. Let's wait out to see if they're going to announce coaches for that as well. I put in going down, looking at the roster here right now, there are a lot more notable names on the world, on the USA team than the world team. Um, but if we have to pick a team, who, who do you guys think is going to win, the world or the USA? And if you have to pick one MVP, one standout on the team, give me a quick rundown. Um, I know I was looking at it a little bit here myself. It all depends on who wins the world of the U.S. We can pick an MVP from each if you guys want. Just looking on paper here, I think world has um, the advantage just um, on paper. I'm going to go 25, Ben Simmons. Um, I just like just like his game. I think he has he likes the stage of a, a rookie Rising Stars game. I think he takes over. He's got the talent to do it. He's probably the most talented guy in the field, in my opinion. So uh, we'll see what happens. That's my pick. Uh, I'm also going to say... Team World is going to win it all. Uh, I feel like they have a really, really strong team. Um, what I like about that is it shows that we're finding talent outside of the U.S. Absolutely. Um, so scouting is a lot better. Um, in my opinion, MVP is going to go to Joel Embiid. Uh, he's already playing as an all-star this year as well, too. Um, I think he's going to kill these these rooks. Yep. <laughs> hey, I think so, too. Um, I think he's a man among boys in this field. <laughs> yeah. Yet again, we have to go into that debate. This is technically his third year in the NBA. Yes, his first year was a write-off. Should he even be in this game? To me, personally, I do not think so. But, hey, I, I don't make the big rules, but he didn't make it, and he is going to be a good player. Um, I'm surprised you guys said the world team's going to win. Um, myself and USA players, yes, they're more... Uh, accustomed to all-star type of games, so that I think they know how to play in this kind of not real atmosphere, like very competitive game, but still can get their shot off, make 50 points in an in a all-star game kind of thing. Um, my surprise winner, it does depend on if he got the shot going that day, it wants a ball. What? what? Wow. <laughs> he can sneak out and just ball out control because he is a hot dog. 
who is not trying to be a hot dog in the Lakers, if his shot is dropping, which it's not, it hasn't never been, but when there's no pressure, it might, he, he could start shooting the ball. He has passing. He's going to be on point. He's going to get 15, 20 assists. Like, that's not going to be a question just because he's just going to be running the court, throwing up out of oops to all of these players. Uh, Kyle Kuzma can score a lot of buckets as well. Um, and he plays with three of his other Lakers that he can help facilitate and make shots for. I don't know. I, I would like to be on the on the edge. I would like to throw up the Lonzo ball. So if he does win it, I can look at both of you guys and go, ha I gotcha. <laughs> not happening, so I'm not um, worried about it. But then again, because you guys know I'm not a big Lonzo ball fan, but in this kind of atmosphere where you can, showing off is encouraged. Yeah. Who does it better than the ball? Yep. You know, uh, LeVar's going to get some camera time. So. Yes. It's, who's going to do it better than a ball? That's true. Oh. You know what? That's true. Um, quick shout out to the to the, the world team as well. There, I'm liking the Canadian presence on that team. We do have Dylan Brooks and Jamal Murray, two young Canadians coming into the team, getting some love in the All-Star uh, festivities. It doesn't happen much. Um, Andrew Wiggins was in it the last couple of years as well. Now he's a little bit older. Doesn't make the All-Star team yet. Um but it's still to like to see the growth of Canadian basketball in the upcoming years. I, I think it'll be great. I think Jamal Murray is also another low key, uh, possibly sneaky MVP in there because the guy can put up buckets. Oh, yeah. Did anyone and else see that step back jump he put on to Stephen Adams <laughs> the other day? That. And I like Stephen Adams too, so yeah. I didn't, so I didn't like seeing that. And he's good at defense. Like yeah. he's, he's a yeah. mobile big man on the wing. Like of course he's not supposed to be out there, but. And Jamal Murray Ooh. just had to show about welcome back the yeah. court too. As Ooh. as a starting guard and one of the leading scorers on the Nuggets, uh, he's gonna have an advantage over a lot of these younger players. With just experience. Yep. Um, one MVP that and also uh, Donovan Mitchell of yes. the Jabs of the Jazz. I mean, um, I thought that's what you were gonna say instead of Alonzo Ball. <laughs> I, I mean, I bet you he's, <laughs> yeah, the, he's he must be one of the, the Vegas favorites to win. That's true. Um, yeah, that guy's been balling out of control. Actually, I didn't even see his name down there. That's actually really true. He dropped 40 points uh, last night. Yeah, last when was he taken in the draft? Do you guys have any? Was he a first-round pick? He was a first-round yeah, He was a first-round pick. I think he was like okay. 19th or something like late in the first round. Like People slept on him. He, apparently. Same with Dennis Smith Jr. Um, I'm going to see if it's going to be a preview of him in the dunk contest on that Friday night rookie, rookie sophomore game. Yeah. I don't know. I think he's going to be flying through the air. I'm looking forward to that. Honestly... From the past years, I can never really say I was looking forward to the rookie Rising no. Star game. I'm looking forward to this one. Right. There's a couple of people. Laurie Mickinen. Like, no one really yeah. talked about him. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a stretch for Like, why not? Well, there's, there's names in this one. There hasn't been names um, in, in previous years. There's, like, right. Chris Dunn, Brandon Ingram. Like, those are actual... Kuzma. No one said Kuzma. I know. Like, Brogdon's injured. Buddy Heald. Uh, Jamal Murray. Like, there's... Guys, actual worth watching. Um, Buddy Heald, yeah. I love Buddy Heald. Compared to previous years where it hasn't been the talent on the floor. Actually, no, Adam, you did touch on that uh, briefly there. Um, we didn't really talk about it there. Malcolm Brogdon. Unfortunately, yeah. he did have a bad quad injury. Um, he's out for six to eight weeks. Yeah. He was on that team world, on Team USA, sorry, as well, representing the Bucks. Brief throw out. Um, I, I know I have a couple guys I think who might replace him in, in the, for that spot. I don't know if they are going to replace him, but I know that there were a couple rookies, especially, coming from the uh, USA team as well because that's who they're going to yeah. be looking for. I think you got it nailed with DeAndre Fox. I think he's the a sneaky Sacramento sneaky Kings guard. But why not? Looking at the numbers, he's doing pretty well. He's getting eleven points, three yeah. boards, four assists as a rookie point guard. Um, I like that, and I also do like Josh Jackson out of Phoenix as well. Yeah. Um, another small guard who can space the floor, sp- space the floor, and uh, find people shots. I, I really don't know how they're going to replace him or. If they are going to replace because it's sort of last last minute. Right. I'd like to see what they do. Big loss of the Bucks too. 
Yeah. Big losses. Have they lost yet since their new coach got hired? Because I saw they were like 2-0 and or something since they fired Jay Kidd. Um, I think they did just they, – they, they did go on a two-game winning streak, but I think they did just lose to the Timberwolves okay. on Thursday. Well, I wasn't sad to see Jay Kidd go. No. Don't love him as a head coach, but I guess that's a conversation for another day. <laughs> no, actually, we had that conversation last, last week, week. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> You're one week, one week later, Adam. All right. Um, but yeah, no, that's odd. Uh, but going into the other good stuff on the Saturday, the, the mainstay of the All-Star, NBA All-Star weekend, um, I don't know if you guys want to start off with the skills competition. That's usually the first thing that happens in the night. Um, this year they're doing big men versus little guys again. Um, yeah, that's a, is that something they started last year. Um, I'm pretty sure it was two years, two ago, years ago that they started big men versus small men. Okay. Um, just to run off the ten people that are uh, representing each people, uh, each team there. So we have uh, Lou Williams and Jamal Murray, another Canadian in the in the competition. Spencer Dinwiddie out of the Brooklyn Nets. Donovan Mitchell, another young up and comer, uh, representing the small guards. And then going against the, the big men, we have Al Horford, Joel Embiid, Christoph Porzingis, your reigning champion, as well as Laurie Mekinen, um, another rookie. Any surprise about um, the youth in the skills competition? Um, not, too, not too surprised, to be honest, because I think the talent is getting better with our youth. Like A lot of people say that kids come in these days and they don't know how to play ball as well as they used to. I disagree with that because... It's so advanced now, and the the competition and the skills and everything are so much more intense. The kids training, like even watching like kids that are like ten or twelve do dribble drills, I'm like, mm-hmm. I can't even do any of that. For sure. Not even close. So five years old, like what the hell? Yeah, so I think kids are becoming better and better, and that's probably one of the reasons why they're considering dropping that draft age again. Yeah. Even the fact that big men are now in this competition, I think, it proves that. You as a big man, if you want to come in the NBA, you need to have some sort of different game than just being big and being a bully in the post. You got to be able to move your feet, pass the ball. Um, in today's day and age, there's just too many good big men out there to just be one dimensional. So I think having um, these four big guys in there proves um, you got to have it all. And I, no, and I like this, uh, like that as well. Is that big men are in this competition. Not only that, they're winning this competition. Yeah. Christoph Porzingis won it last year. Carl Anthony Towns won it the year before. Right. So it's it's a two big man win back to back. Like, come on, guards! Like me <laughs> coming as a as a guard myself, you guys That's can't go through pylons faster than these big men. You can't do a bounce pass and a chest pass, hit a three pointer before these seven footers. Like, what's going on here? Um, I don't know, but you guys right on the you're right in the direction of that. It is a big man league now that it's you have to be multi dimensional. You can't just be Twenty points in the shooting inside the key all the time. You have to have a little bit of a jumper. Sometimes you have to be able to bring the ball up the court, and it's a good representation from the Christoph Porzingis and Laurie Mekinen, especially that they do are they are st- stretch four forwards, shoot the ball. They can bring up the ball. They can pass it too. Um, I think it's a good representation, especially for our non-Americans and Americans as well. Um, just a question of the how this works out. So does the big man? face off against a little man as for the final only in the final so the way that it's standing out here i actually did see this as well it's for the first round it's lou williams versus jamal murray winner plays uh the winner of spencer dinwiddie and donovan mitchell Uh, al horford versus Embiid, christoph versus uh the two winners go on and then it's like a bracket format got in the best so christops did beat a guard last year in the one-on-one yes cool yes the unicorn so (laughs) 
Um, off of those eight names there, God forbid, no more injuries this upcoming week because a lot of big names have been getting injured here recently. Um, who's going to win? Big man, little guy? Of all of the, all the competitions, I feel this one is the biggest toss-up. Um, it's hard to pick. Um, I'm going to go Perzingis, um, just from looking at the experience? list. <laughs> experience. He's the unicorn. Um, the only one that I... Jamal Murray, mm, I don't know, man. Pick a guard. Pick a. You have yeah. Christoph as your I'm going man. Canadian. I'm going Jamal, and I, I think uh, those. That's the final. Um, but like I said, the skills comp is a, it's a toss up, man. So that's my picks. Uh, we'll see what happens, though. I have two guys that I want to go for. One is Lou Will. Um, you know, you all know he's a real MVP. <laughs> but uh, snub of the All Star. The guy that I want to see win it is uh, Donovan Mitchell. I like it. Uh, we know he can dribble. He's fast. He can uh, shoot the ball. And uh, he doesn't pass that much. Well, he, you don't see him get a lot of assists, but he does make really good passes. He doesn't need to make assists in Utah, though. He's the one getting fed the ball. Right. No, you're right. So he's, he's my uh, – I think he's going to probably be my guy. Um. Just going off of it myself, throwing out the big names, I have to pick a big man. Um, I, I like Christoph Porzingis as well. I think he could very well repeat. He has the experience. He's lanky. He's still doing good things. Um, if I have to take out a small guy, I would like Jamal Murray. I don't see it being Jamal. I think it's going to be Lou Williams. If I have to take a, a guard, I think it's going to be Lou Williams and Christoph's in the, in the finals. Lou Williams is going to turn into another level just because of the snub of the all-star. <laughs> Um, just so he can win something. I th- he's a very he's, competitive guy. He's already guy. on another level. He's, he's he, playing pissed. Exactly. <laughs> so, like, he is a competitor. He is going to compete. He is going to win. And I think he's going to rub it in the people's faces when he does win. See, that's funny. I didn't even think that Lou Williams got snubbed. I didn't even, like, really think of it. But then I looked, he got 23.5 points, points per game. And it's like, well, yeah, I think he did get snubbed. Yeah, it's, it's But it's, I don't know. Maybe they don't think of... It's the Clippers. They're in the 11th in the West. Yeah, They're not and a it's good the team. name. I don't know. Who knows? And he was coming off the bench for the first half of the season. Um, until then. And his entire career. <laughs> yeah, that as well. So, if there was any year Lou Williams should have been an all-star, it should have been this year. I'm glad they brought him into the weekend some in some sort of capacity skills competition, if not that three-point competition. Man, wasn't his time in Toronto fun, though? Oh, I've been saying that we should have kept him instead of Corey oh. Joseph, man. He made a, Drake made oh, a song about him. Like, <laughs> he, won the, he won the first six man of the year in the Raptors franchise history. Yeah. Yeah. So he Drake put a song on his guy. album. I can I can see him come back. <laughs> I was I was so angry that he left, and the worst part is knowing that we didn't even offer him anything. I know. We just let him walk. I know. It's bad. That's the one thing. Where did he went to LA? Yeah. 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 Wait for me. Um I, I and I think he was very valuable. He did Extremely work. Extremely valuable. Six man, like he could have done exactly what we need in this situation yeah. right now. Look at what like uh Jamal Crawford, like six man a year for yeah. how many years like in a row? Like, entire career. Yeah, six or seven. Like he's so valuable to I know the Clippers are the Clippers, but he's valuable to that team. Yeah. Extremely right. valuable. They they love especially the Clippers. If there's any organization that values the six man, it is the Clippers. Right. They had Jamal Crawford, they had Lou Williams, and right. now they, they had um also Lamar Odom, who won a couple of six mans with them as well. Wow. They do like the six man, so I, that's why I think Lou Williams went there. He found his nice fit. Um, moving on to the the second in line on the Saturday All Star Weekend. Um, personally, one of my favorite competitions because it's mm-hmm. usually a toss up. It is the three point competition. Um, good field this year, I think. I think they got it right on the good every year. Yep. Um, there's always the one or two oddballs in the three point competition. This year, I think they got all the best shooters in there at the right time. Um, Adam, take it away with your predictions. 
you can do the final three yeah. and then pick one winner. There's, there's pick with my heart and there's pick with my brain here. Um, <laughs> pick with my heart. I'm going with my boy, the bulldog, Kyle Lowry. Um, but pick with my brain. Um, I'm going to go with the Houston Rockets, uh, Eric Gordon. I think uh, he's been in the competition before. He has the experience. He's there's a couple guys. Before. Has he? Didn't he win two years ago? No, that's Steph. I think Steph I and Clay have won. I think he's back come second. And Kyrie also won as well. Eric Gordon's due, I'm telling okay. you. So, okay. you know what? There's a lot of good names in here. Uh, loaded field, like you said. <laughs> Devin Booker. There's a, there's a couple of good names. Clay Thompson. Um, Eric Gordon coming from the Rockets. They shoot threes like it's their job, obviously. Right. So, I mean, uh, that's my pick. He has the experience. He has the stroke. So, we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm Man. I, this is a toss-up for me. I, I know the guys are who are not going to win it. That's yeah. what I know. Because <laughs> sure. uh, some of these there. guys, like like Tobias Harris, there. Wayne Ellington, Paul George. Wayne Paul Ellington. George. Okay, sorry. I'm sorry to cut you off there, Dan. Wayne Ellington is so... I think he's third in the league this season for most three-pointers made. You're right. But I don't know if he can... Because you, you have to incorporate that. You have to shoot at a fast pace. Mm-hmm. And it's a pickup. It's not a pass. Being yeah. in a competition is a huge advantage. Uh, sorry, uh, competing in the competition before um, the weekend, obviously, is a huge advantage for these guys because grabbing off the rack, like Dan said, and shooting it, like um, rather than um, receiving a pass and shooting right. it, is much different. I think uh, I, I would have liked to see Laurie Mar- uh, Markkinen in this competition. Right. Even even in this situation, I don't think Donovan Mitchell would do good because he he takes his time with the shot. Yeah, so yeah, it's it's the speed I think that are gonna not work in their favor. Um. So so sorry. Who who's your pick there to win it? Because I, I, I still that, don't know. I was gonna say I only heard people that you were gonna lose. You narrowed down to about three guys. Yeah. I think I think it's gonna be between Eric Gordon and Clay Thompson. Yeah, that's, I like that. And I'm pretty sure that's almost everybody's um, where they're sitting at right now. Looking at the list, I'm not too sure if everyone knows who is going to be in the three point contest. Just to list them out there for the people that might not know. There's Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, Paul George, Wayne Ellington, Carol Lowry, Tobias Harris. Clay Thompson and Eric Gordon. Um, picking with my heart as well, being a Raptor fan there, Kyle Lowry, I don't believe he's going to win. I just want a better showing than what he did last year. He got 7 out of 30 last year or something of like that. Definitely under double digits. It was a letdown. A lot of people didn't know where it was coming from. Yet again, like Adam said there, it was the rhythm. He's never done it before. Picking up out of a rack and going from the corners is totally different than what Kyle does at the top of the key. And he just bangs him out the top yeah, of the key I feel all like he's, the time. An, he's an in-game shooter compared to a three-point contest. And he's shooter. very rhythm. He's very streaky. Yeah. If if he hits the first four or five in a row, it, it's on. Yeah. If he misses four or five and he doesn't see it go in, throws his confidence really, really quickly. Um, final four, I think it's definitely going to be Clay Thompson, Eric Gordon. Devin Booker is going to be in the final four. I think his stroke is so pure. I think he is very mechanical as well, so he can pull off a rack. And get up and shoot. He's just a pure scorer. Just just put the ball in the net. As well as the four. It's going to be a, a, a toss-up between Paul George or Bradley Beal. Whoever wants to come and pull that day, ball that day. Um, the thing is about this competition, though, there's always a dark horse. There's, there's, there's always a guy there's that's, that squeaks guy. through to the final round. It's going to be like it's going to be Wayne Ellington or it's going to be Tobias Harris. Yeah, and you're like, why are you there? <laughs> and and you're gonna, <laughs> none of us picked him. And then you're going to miss the Clay Thompson who's just going to have an off night and yeah. only get like seven or, tw- or, seven or ten and, and not make it. But if I have to pick one person to win it all, it's got to be my man Clay. Like, he is just a machine. Yeah. Doesn't matter how he gets the ball, if it's coming off a screen, bounce pass, fast break, pull up, step back. 
The shot's pure. It's money. It's a robotic. It is picture perfect every release, which is what you need in a three-point contest. I'm not sure if you said this in previous podcasts, but what was the one stat you said about his 60? Yes, actually, I did come across that stat there. They were trying to see what was the greatest in-game performance. Um, it was between Kobe Bryant's 81, um, Devin Booker's 60, um, sorry, Devin Booker's 50 points as a rookie, and then um, Clay Thompson's 60 points where he got 28 points in a quarter. I think Clay Thompson's performance in that one game was the best, purely because he only dribbled the ball 11 times. Yeah. Everything else is coming off of pick and rolls or foul shots. That stat to me is just unbelievable purely because it doesn't matter how he got the ball. He didn't need to create anything. He just put it up and it was going in. doesn't matter if you're in your face, not in your face. doesn't matter where he was. It's going up. It's going in. That offensive stat is completely mind-blowing. Whoever is creating these offensive plays <laughs> for the uh, Golden State Steve Warriors, is, this, is Steve Kerr an assistant? Like You are an absolute genius to have him open that much and have him score 60 points like that. It's the fact as well as that Steve Kerr, what did he do in the league when he was with the Bulls and the Spurs? Come off screens. Yeah. Screens and threes. Yeah. And that's why he has the best shooting team ever because that's all he really did. It helps that he has the two best shooters ever in Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. But you have to create these shots. Like These shots just don't fall out of the sky. They have I, to be made. I like that you talk about that because uh, in, in terms of rec ball, uh, I've been, I started playing rec ball recently again. And that's one of the things that I hate the most is that uh, all these people that play rec ball, they think they're Kobe, and they're just ISO, and nobody knows how to create screens for their teammates, yeah. right? And that's the most annoying thing. As somebody who passes, I can't get anybody open. Right. <laughs> it's a lot of create your own shot in rec ball. No, it's yeah. true. It's a team game at the end of the day. Get your teammates open. System ball is key. <laughs> that's something in the NBA that I feel like the people who don't play basketball and just watch it, I think that's something that goes unnoticed a lot. Yeah. The guys who don't have the ball um, getting open because those defenders, they're locked in at those guys not getting open. So those guys are working their tails off just to get open. And yeah. then once they get the ball, it's a whole different story. If, if you watch NBA looking for these types of plays, it's it's a beautiful art. Right. It's it's like... Because the defending basketball. team, they, they study tape too, right? So they see, they think they know what um, sideline plays call and what baseline plays come in. So they, they kind of, you know, it's a chess match. Um, sorry to go back onto the three-point contest there, guys. I, I was doing a little <laughs> bit of Googling here, checking stats. Um, as of last year, this is Wikipedia, so it could very be false, but I, I'm Wikipedia is almost 100% true. Um, <laughs> the NBA three-point contest champion in 2017 was Eric Gordon. Oh, wow, he 2017. Won the last year's NBA three-point contest is Eric Gordon. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so he has experience as well. So, I, I think still it's going to be Clay because you can't hold him off forever. Yep. Um, but, no, good to, good to see that Eric Gordon was up there as well. Okay. Um, but moving on to the... Cinderella of the ball. This is the main thing. This is why people come to watch All-Star Weekend. Um, great highlights in the past. Uh, hopefully, there's a lot more to come this season. It is the NBA Sprite Dunk Contest. Um, last year's dunk contest, I don't know how you guys feel. I thought it was somewhat of a letdown, especially coming off of the one in Toronto, where there was like the huge Aaron Gordon and, and that dunk off there. T. Ross was in that one, I think. Um, in Toronto one? Yes, I believe so yeah, as well. with the Carter jersey. Yep. So a lot of good past memories. This dunk contest, I hope it's going to be better than what last year's was. There's a lot of unknown people in last year's dunk contest. Um, listing off the competitors this year, we have Aaron Gordon, your uh, reigning champion, if I'm not mistaken, as well as Victor Oladipo, Larry Nance Jr., and Dennis Smith Jr. 
um, all representing their teams respectively for the dunk contest. Um, there, Adam, we could toss it to you first here. Good, good dunk contest, bad dunk contest. You know what? I, underdogs. I love the field. Um, I think it's a loaded field. I think it's the first um, field in a couple of years where any guy can win it. I feel the last like two or three years has been like maybe two guys that you knew is going to be one of the two. Um, like if Aaron Gordon, Larry Nance Jr., Dennis Smith, I, like it's a complete toss up for me. Um, I like the fact that we know all of these players. I absolutely yeah. agree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're, they're known players in the league. Um, Larry Nance Jr., I think it was last year, had the nastiest dunk um, of the season where he did the, the left hand, like, sky, whatever it was. Yeah. Like, you, that was just mind-blowing. Um, based off that dunk alone, I'm going to say Larry because he has the hops. I don't know. Um, there's some athletic freaks in this field, Aaron as Gordon. we know. Aaron Gordon and Dennis Smith Jr. Um, so I, th- I think that's where Larry is a little bit... Uh, behind but we'll see what happens um he's my dark horse so larry nance jr yeah i i agree 100 percent. like this is going to be a crazy crazy dunk contest in my opinion um aaron gordon has been impressive every single year um the guy just he, he jumps so damn high yeah um he wow. he impresses me as much as like uh zach levine yeah mm. and it's it's disappointing that he had that injury because i would have liked to see him in the dunk costume is that why he's not in it i was yeah. wondering okay. that's why he missed last year's as well because his injury happened about just about a year ago now when he right. came back and now he's just, just recovering it. so okay um yeah those two guys are like if they're in the dunk contest i'm watching them yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure um any winners any predictions on the on the winner going out there i i want to say aaron gordon yeah. uh, experience helps um like you guys said very competitive field, a lot of um, great athletic abilities, a lot of hops, a lot of jumping ability out of these four guys. Um, I love Aaron Gordon. His creativity and his jumping ability is unbelievable. That's the, the mix X of factor. the two. Like that's what it was. Everyone knows that Nate Robinson won a couple of dunk contests. His jumping ability was through the roof. His creativity was also really nice as well for being such right. a small guy. Right. Um, so you need a combination. You can't just jump through the roof, which is what we saw with DeAndre Jordan, he could jump as hell high too, but he wasn't really creative. Um, JaVale McGee with the double ball, he wasn't really creative. Um, so Aaron Gordon having the creativity is unbelievable. But like Adam said, the dark horse is Larry Nance Jr. If he can be creative, I think his pure jumping ability is better than Aaron Gordon. Mm-hmm. In-game dunker as well is better than Aaron Gordon. I've never seen him do really... Com- creative dunks question. in the game or yeah. anything it's a lot of power dunks going over people which is nice we, we, which right. is good in, in games but like it's a different dunk competition um going on the side note like dennis smith jr we've seen creative dunks from him in game if you give him a week to strategize get a perfect pass can he bring it to the next level he has the flight time to do it he can put it between his legs for sure um he can be creative if he can make the dunks. I know with the with the small guys, yeah. it's about completing the dunks. It's cool to be up in the air doing those right. two two spins and stuff, but if it doesn't go in, it doesn't really count. Um, Dennis Smith Jr., we know he's creative. I don't know if his jumping ability would be there. Larry Nance, we know his jumping ability is there. We don't know if he's creative. I think Larry Nance, if he can put the two together, he can, he can run away with it this year. Um, I just want to get your guys' opinion on the creativity level. Like, how creative do you think is too creative? Like, this is my issue with the gun, dunk contest. Um, I just wish they could tone it back to the or like originality level of the Vince Carter days. And just, like, the one year with Gerald Green with the cupcake on top of the uh, backboard and him blowing out the candle. Like, that was the first year where I was just like, this is, like, 
a little excessive to or me. He took, he took off the shoes or right. whatever. <laughs> bringing out like cars and every, I don't know. I just think that they would just bring it back to um, the days of just Vince and uh, dunking, it. dunking it, just straight just straight dunking it. And I think people would appreciate that a little bit more than jumping over like a, a, a car that's uh, Ford sponsored the event. So they're bringing a Ford Escape to jump over, right? So I, I don't know. Jumping over DJ Khaled. I remember someone did that last I, year as well. I appreciate the creativity levels of these guys, but I think... Um, sometimes you just got to get back to the, the dunking style rather than the show and the, the flashiness. I think that's exactly why Terrence Ross did so well. And yeah. another guy that I feel like did really well that maybe didn't get an opportunity to win it, but Jamario Moon. Yeah. He had amazing dunks that he, Jamario. I guess he couldn't complete the dunk. No. <laughs> I remember that. But he had this crazy spin move that he couldn't land. But yeah. Like, he I took off. Know. He took off from the free throw to free throw line as well, and he put the tape down. Like he, yeah. he was, he was a weirdo. Uh, I, I like that as well. The props are getting a little bit ridiculous. Yeah. I like props though. Like Aaron Gordon used the props perfectly when he brought his mascot out on the the. It's not a Segway. Uh, the hoverboard. Right. And he yeah. was on the hoverboard spinning, and he jumped over and put the ball under his butt over yeah. the guy's head. And but that was still that a was... crazy feat. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. That is like, still the dunk itself. Right. I get that, but like the physicality of it is like oh. Um, I like props. Jumping over cars are still amazing. Only if you jump over the, the top of the car. There's a lot of people that jump over the hood of the car. I can jump over a hood of a car. <laughs> right. Maybe not dunk a ball, but like jumping over a hood of a car is not that hard. I'm jumping over the middle of a car is very impressive. But My, I'm just afraid that the judges get too caught up in the creativity than the actual dunk itself. And like they're too caught up in the flash and they give them the points for that. And they take off of, and they take off of crowd um, hype, crowd reaction yeah. a lot. But then again, the crowd reacts out off of anything, right? Like, I it's, think it's a lot. The hard thing to do um, these physical dunks that we like to see is that there's only so much you can do. Right. So much your body can give you, right? Yeah, so that's so why they bring time. in these props to try to make it creative. Yeah. But like, I don't know. Even something as simple as I forget who it was. They brought in another net and raised it higher. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, like that was, was, I think that was Dwight. I think Dwight put Dwight? on a 12, 12 foot net. Yeah, and then I think Javale had another one where he like. He tapped it off the backboard and then caught mm. it and dunked it again. That was yeah. kind of cool. cool. Mm -hmm. So those kind of things are like interesting because you've never seen it before. But yeah, it's it's tough. It's it's very tough. I, I like the side <laughs> out of bounds dunks when they put it off the side of the backboard. They dunk it, go under the rim and stuff like things like that. That's not props or anything. Yeah. It's just good passing. I like getting the teammates involved. And if you do that with uh, between the legs and a 180, like that's, what more can you physically yeah. do? Dude, that, that, that's why that Aaron Gordon dunk when he went under the legs. Was that yeah. last year's? Because that was well, like two years ago against Zach under both legs, right? That, yeah, that was the, the dunk where I was like, yeah. that's the first dunk in a long time where I was like, wow, that is just a, just a wow dunk. The slow mo of that is ridiculous. Um, so I don't know, creativity is getting uh, tested here as well. I like the the creativity. I hope they bring it back. I know that one year, I thought it was the worst dunk dunk contest. They had a wheel. They would spin a wheel, and whatever the wheel landed on, you would have to perform that dunk. I'm oh, so gosh. glad we don't have that anymore. That was just super, super. I don't weird. remember that. No, that was about like five to seven years ago. It was kind of long oh, ago. It man. wasn't really good. I think it was one year when um, Fred George or Jason Richardson won once. That was back in the That's day. That's awful. <laughs> it wasn't good. It wasn't good. Um, moving on from the dunk contest. Oh, well, actually, yeah, I, I said my winner was there, Larry Nance. Um, so going into the, the mainstay. Sunday there for us, which is going to be the the actual game itself. A lot, a lot of notable injuries and a lot of notable dropouts this past week, especially. Um, I think it was the last seven days there on the actual All Star list itself. Um, I know that we had um, just to name a few. Well, everyone knows that Demarcus Cousins was injured in the game. 
Uh, we have got it announced that he is being replaced by Paul George on Team LeBron, as well as we had an unfortunate uh, fallout to John Wall and Kevin Love, both respect uh, representing LeBron James's team there, who also have been replaced. Team LeBron curse. Yeah, we're going to have to get into that there as well to see about the LeBron uh, team drafting injured players. Um, Wall has been replaced with Andre Drummond. And Kevin Love has been replaced with Gorgon Dragic of the Miami Heat. Um, just based off of that good replacement, do you think anyone else could have been uh, in place of one of these two guys? We can start from there with you there, Dan. Uh, the Gorgon Dragic one is interesting. Like I think the main reason why he got picked over another player is probably maybe team record. Because uh, I think Kemba Walker is a stud, but his team is not doing so well. So, but... I don't know. There's a, there's an argument for Ben Simmons as well too, but do I think he deserves to be an All Star this year? I I don't think so. I don't I don't think realistically I don't think Ben Simmons could be in the running because can rookies join the All Star game? Yeah, Blake Griffin was in his rookie season. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure because LeBron James has 14 in a row, but he hasn't yes. got the rookie year. Yeah, LeBron James didn't get to do it in the rookie year, but Blake Griffin did. Really. Uh, yeah, you know what? I like those replacements. Um, maybe Goran Dragic. Uh, he's a good player, but is he an all-star? I don't know. Um, I just want to give a quick shout-out to Dwayne Casey here um, mm. for being picked to coach uh, yeah. Team LeBron. I think that's a long time coming for Coach Casey. Um, been coming for the Raptors organization. Long, yeah, he's, he's been deserving of that. Uh, he's got for, a fun team to coach. Yeah, he, he should have some fun with that. I think that would be a very fun weekend for him. Uh, meeting, I, I don't think care he, about defense. I don't know if he has a lot of relationships with these guys. But it might be a good relationship for him to meet meet uh, or sorry, a good time to meet some of them. Uh, exactly, he's a defensive coach, so he doesn't worry about that stress free night for him. Yeah. So he'll just, uh, I'm sure he'll enjoy that. One thing that uh, Peter pointed out last week as well too is he's coaching against his stars. Yes, I I, I would like to see him make because like everyone knows, Dwayne Casey is a defensive minded coach. When it's the Oscar game, you don't have to think about defense. Um, this year, I think they might think about a little bit of defense and maybe make a strategy that hurts Kyle Lowry or DeMar DeRozan. It doesn't make them as effective. To add to that, too, um, the NBA wanted to make yes. the game a little bit more competitive, so they increased the winnings that the players would get from 500000 to... No, 50000 to 100000 For the winning team. So the winning team... So besides the point, so this is the, the reason why they're doing the, the separate teams in the draft. They're both going to charity. Winning teams get an X amount of pot to put into charities. On top of the charity pot, each player gets a, po- uh, a player bonus. If you're off the winning team, you get a, a bonus of 100000 If you're on the losing team, you only get a $35,000 $25, bonus check, um, which is a humongous disparity. Mm-hmm. Being as competitive as these 16 or how many guys are on this team are, are, that might make the game more yeah. competitive. Why are you going to let them score 160 points on you and take $75,000 out of your pocket? Yeah. You know what? For all the big sports across the states, I think the All-Star games are the biggest. The competitive, um, the competitiveness of the All-Star games is a huge issue. Um, the NHL All-Star game last year or two years ago did the same thing. They added incentives for the players in the three-on-three tournament. And there is a huge difference between the year before that and, the, and that year when there was incentives. There, the competition level was through the roof. Um, so it was just awesome to see the NHL All-Stars competing like that against each other. So I hope that this will bring the same effect to the NBA because that's it's the same thing. They're, they're tossing alley-oops. They're, they're going... I think the last year scored 172 to They're putting on a show, right? It's, so, it's nice to see the alley-oops because at, at the same time, we do want to see these alley-oops and yeah. stuff, yeah. but we don't want to see it like on an open lane. Right. You, know? you want to see f- some effort. 
It was a three hundred point game. Steph Curry get dunked on again, right? <laughs> or you want yes. like, you want to see some swats? Like I don't like no one gets swatted in the All Star game. Yeah, exactly. no blocks, no no. Like I want to see some compete. Like I want to see LeBron take on like Al Horford or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I want Dean Quasey to be like, yo. Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan are not allowed to score. <laughs> yes. I want to see Shut someone get locked down. Like, like to go against Steph Curry and say, "Don't let Steph Curry score a three in the three in the whole All Star game." That's a feat. Like, I just don't like the three hundred and fifty point combined games. That's yeah. not entertaining. Yeah, um, free free half court shots for Steph. Right. Yeah, and, and they did it like eight times in a row just to make the guy get a basket. I don't like that. I, I think this is going to make it a lot competitive. The only major organization that has all-star right is baseball. The fact that the winning yeah. conference gets home field advantage in totally. the championship series. That, if you're a competing team, you're going to look around the locker room and go, guys, I have a shot to win this. Don't F this up for me. I want home field advantage. Totally get agree. You together. Um, hopefully this is what's going to happen. And the managers in those games, they get six starting pitchers or whatever and they use them like strategically it's awesome how they how they do that um but yeah you're right so i hope it i hope it makes it more competitive um but going back to the replacement for kevin love with gordon drogage kemba walker i'm sorry um you got missed um <laughs> i would have even made an exception to have lou williams coming out of the west having another west guy in that because he's way more deserving the drogage i think i'm unfortunate to say that um i know me and dan here we were spitballing a little bit we know you've only officially played one game as an Eastern Conference player. Blake Griffin. <laughs> he had a pretty decent season in the Clippers. He wasn't Western Conference all-star material because he was going up against the likes of Kevin Durant, the Draymond Greens, the Carl Anthony Towns. Like Those are, are, are really good players. Going against the Eastern Conference big men, he, I think he had a better season than Kevin Love as a whole. Yeah. Better than um, Al Horford. People, Al Horford as a whole as well. <laughs> Yes, he only played one game as an Eastern Conference player, but he is an Eastern Conference player. But yeah. how pissed would you be if you were on the East? <laughs> really? If Andre Drummond, who's yeah. also luckily he got in, but he got <laughs> he got missed in the first wave of, of announcements. Right. And then you see your new teammate walk into the conference first day in the conference. It's an All Star bid. I'd be a little sour, but yeah. How how about you there, Adam? What, what would you feel? I don't know. I don't know if I put Blake in uh, in any of the, over these guys. Uh, it's yeah. tough. Um, Kevin Love, is, he's been getting ripped off all year from his teammates. <laughs> yeah. I got a soft spot for Kevin Love. I feel extremely bad for him. That's a whole other conversation, yeah, I guess. That's, that's unfortunate. Um, but yeah, you know what? I don't know if Blake has the talent um, to compete with this or to be in this field. Um, a couple years removed from the All-Star game himself. That's just, yeah, that's just my opinion. I don't know. Just look at the names here. I don't know if I'd replace them with anybody. Like, Goran Dragic is the only guy I'm looking at. But there's, there's names I could throw in there before Blake Griffin. Um, any any picks on? Uh, I know that we talked a little bit last week about who's a better overall team, uh, LeBron James and Curry. I, I would like to get your pick on that there, uh, Adam, as well. You can put into the replacements. I know that me and Dan were heavily leaning on LeBron James's yeah. team being a little bit better overall. There's been speculations that uh, the reason why LeBron drafted a better team is because he's been drafting his own team for the last eight to nine years for his first in Cleveland, going to Miami, and then going back to Cleveland, and picking him, choosing who he wants around yeah. him. You know what? There's a couple of really cool matchups here that are going to be awesome to watch. Um, the small forwards, uh, LeBron and uh, Giannis. Nice. I think that's Giannis is the up-and-coming um, player of the league or MVP, whatever. Yeah. Um, Boogie and Joel Embiid, two... Oh, right. 
<laughs> I was gonna say those are gonna be two personalities going at it, but right, yeah, right. that, that, that would have been a, fun. Trash talking match in the regular season when they match match up against each other. Yeah. Even Drummond then Embiid. Drummond, yeah. Embiid yeah. any big man, really. Joel Embiid's an entertaining <laughs> guy, like, you know yeah, what? Yeah. So I think having him in the All Star game is gonna be a treat. His his first All Star game is gonna be awesome. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's gonna be a great game. I think this could be uh, if the compete factor is and the competition factor is maintained, and there's no 180 point games. This could be one of the better games uh, of All Star history. There. Yeah, I agree. A lot of names, a lot of good names. It, it's gonna be fun, and and you know, there's always gonna be your Giannis and Westbrook who are gonna give it 100 percent every single time. So. And there's a lot of uh, inner inner monologues as well, like Durant and Westbrook, they're on the same team. Kyrie and James are on the same team. Uh, can we see a lineup of Kyrie, Westbrook, Durant, James, and throw in, like, <laughs> I don't know, Christoph Porzingis, just to, just to stretch out the floor. Like, and have those four personalities going with uh, a very m- neutral guy in Christoph, just, like, getting his own. Yeah. Uh, I think it's going to be fun to watch. There is the, the Casey against the Raptor boys. We have the... We were supposed to have the two wizard guys play together with real uh, Wall and Beal, um, which would have been nice. Or we can even see Durant versus the Golden State trio of Clay, Dre, um, and Steph. It'd be fun. So it's like the the OG Warriors against the new Warrior. My issue with this new um, drafting, I think this draft should have been televised. The fact yes. that this wasn't televised, I thought the whole point of this was. T- to have like some cool like kind of like the, the NHL All Star Game did, where yeah. they bring him up on stage or whatever, and Phil Kessel was the last one, and like he was a laughing stock. And he won the car. And he won a car. But I thought like it'd be Team L- or LeBron and Steph and Curry, and they're picking their players. I don't know if all the players are there or whatever. I don't know. I thought it was gonna be like an event, and like and then, no, like they were just announced. And I was like, okay, like that's it. So, yeah, so you I guys, think, you know? yeah, we were talking about this last week as well too. It would have been funny because because uh, they had to pick up the starters first, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And we were curious about like. Where did Kyrie go? Did Steph like force LeBron to pick him by not right. picking him, and he was like the last pick or something? Right. Like, it would have been cool yeah. to see who got picked first. It's true. If like yeah, if James got Kyrie by default or whatever. <laughs> I know um they both both captains sat down with Ernie Johnson with, on TNT and talked about it, and right. they said that there were some funny moments that they had talking when they were drafting people. I like funny moments. Yeah. yeah <laughs> like, where did Horford me. get drafted? Yeah. Like who? <laughs> Who was the last overall pick? Was Westbrook the last overall pick, knowing that LeBron has Durant, doesn't want those two to be together? Yeah. Curry, knowing that, well, I want Durant to have Westbrook because of inner turmoil, let him get him by default. I'd like, like to see it. If you were to advertise the 2018 All-Star Draft like oh. half an hour on Sportsnet, I would be all over that. All and over. I think a lot of people would. People would, would pay to see that yeah. if it was even an event. You know, just so. have it in a, in a press conference one day. I think they dropped the ball there. I think NBA just totally dropped the ball. Hopefully, if they do it again in future years, they'll change that. But I think the fans would like to see that. Especially because the last couple of years, the West have been like heads and shoulders better than the Eastern Conference. So I like the the mix-ups because now, realistically, yeah, we were saying LeBron James' team is a better team. They're all fantasy stars. It's a fantasy team. Like, anything (laughs) could happen. Like, anything could happen. Like, Steph Curry... They have Steph Curry and James, James Harden. Harden on behind the arc. They could have a three-point contest within themselves and go 30, 35 from behind the arc. Why not? And they <laughs> then they bring on Clay Thompson off the bench. Another 33-pointer. So, you never know. Giannis can grab a rebound from the three-point line, so that helps. <laughs> yeah, Giannis can do the, the, uh, the Michael Jordan Space Jam reach and just yeah. do his arm from half court and dunk it. Like, I think it's going to be great. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Any well before we sign off here or anything? Uh, any quick MVP throwouts? Any notable watches? 
for the MVP. All-Star Game he MVP? The All-Star Game MVP. Who won it last year? Russell what? No, Russell what's the word? I want to say Russell. Russell. Uh, oh, Anthony Davis. Was it Anthony Davis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In New Orleans. Oh, you're right. Sure it was in New Orleans. I think you are correct. Where is it this year? Google the again. Los Angeles. LA. Um, so there's no Lakers and no Clipper representation in the actual All-Star game. I know people were saying that usually you try to give it to the home crowd, yeah. the hometown guy to get the All-Star bid. Didn't do that in Toronto with DeMar. Just saying. Well, um, I think it's a question of who you think is going to try and take over the game. Like who's got the personality to try and take over. Mm-hmm. Um, Which I think is Westbrook or... Yeah, I mean Westbrook still scored a ton of points last season. Yeah, uh, last he year a, too. He made a run. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think they both had like over thirty points. Like uh, AD had uh, forty or something, and right. Westbrook had like thirty. They they were going back and, and forth. They, those you, were the two. You know, Russell's going to bring the effort. My pick's Russell, but that's a boring pick. Um, if I were going to pick someone else, I'd maybe go uh, Joel Embiid just because of his personality, just trying to make a name for himself. I don't know. That's true. He's young. Um, yeah, you know, I feel like like picking LeBron or something is just. Or Steph Curry, like they could go off, but who knows? I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it to James Harden. I like it because I think got robbed of the real MVP last year. <laughs> back. I think uh, we know he can pass. Mm-hmm. The question is, is he gonna pass in this type of game? And like, he can, he can make some solid passes. He's not gonna pass this <laughs> James Harden, like, he only passes because he knows he has to pass. Um, no, both very good picks. I like to think well. One Russell Westbrook is a is a soft, is a safe pick purely because he played for UCLA as well, so he's as home as you can get for being there. But also Paul George, he was snubbed the first time, born and raised in LA, so he is a homegrown kid. Um, he can ball out. I think he could put the ball in the net, play a little bit of defense. He's leading the league in steals. If defense is a factor, he's a guy that is going to play. Going through the team, he is the one that actually plays the best defense without really saying you have to be a different defensive stopper. Like yep. LeBron James, yes, he is the best defender when you want to be. He has to turn it on. Right. Paul George doesn't have to turn it on. It's just on all the time. Right. Um, well, you're right. The hometown thing is definitely real. DeRozan, too, coming home. Yeah, well, yeah. So. DeRozan is from, from Compton as well. So there's actually a lot of California natives, not anyone from the Lakers or anything of that nature. Yeah. I, I'd say watch Paul George. He's playing... With a chip on his shoulder, got snubbed the first time. He wants to show out, maybe show the Staples staple Center fans, like, hey, this is what could happen if I come to the Lakers or the Clippers. Like, what's up? Um, throwing it on the Curry's team, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Mm-hmm. No one else can do what he can do, let alone in the, in, in the league, let alone on Curry's team. I think if it has to be from Team Curry, I think it's Giannis. Giannis, you have to lead him. Take him all the way. I like it. Overall, going to be a good weekend there. Um, so, no, that, that was everything that we really wanted to touch on here this week. Um, actually, I know that we wanted to do a quick shout-out to all the injuries that happened in the last week. There was one absolute freak injury that happened to the Phoenix Suns' Isaiah Kanan. Oh, my God. Um, it was very Gordon Hayward-ish. If you guys are screamish, I would not tell you to go and YouTube this. Um, but if you do like to see gruesome injuries there, this is something that you guys should check out. Um, Isaiah Kanan, I don't remember. Was it an ankle injury? Playing. Yeah, yes, it was an ankle, ankle yeah. fracture. Very Gordon Haywardish. Yeah, you can. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was traumatizing. Uh, being a, a basketball player, you never want to see stuff like that. Uh, all the prayers go to Isaiah Kanan. Uh, hope he has a speedy recovery. Hopefully, to see him not too not too long out. Even Andre Robertson, like if you guys saw his injury, it was, it was pretty bad. Like it was like you could watch 
You saw his knee blow up, basically. Yeah. <laughs> he was bad. Very important players for that team, too. Yeah, and yeah. these guys are not, not just, like, any role players. These are, like, key role players. Like, Robertson's on the starting lineup. Um, Isaiah Kanan was not on the starting lineup, but he was a good bench guard to give Devin Booker a breather here and there. Um, very, very bad injuries. And, Sucks uh, for the league. But it happens. does. Um, especially around All-Star break because they're so close to the break where you get four to five days off, which is huge for teams. People need those four to five days off to, to cool their bodies off mm-hmm. before the second half of the stretch. If they could have made it here, these injuries probably wouldn't have happened with proper rehab time, proper medical training time, actually 24 hours off before doing anything. Um, very unfortunate. I know that since we've been on last week, these two injuries has come up. The Kevin Love with the broken hand, I don't think we had the time to actually fully address it. He was... Uh, Estimated to be out for six to eight weeks with a fractured hand. If he took surgery, it should have been closer to six. If he did it naturally, it would be closer to eight, but then there would be no surgery there. Which is what they're doing. Which is doing. I don't think he chose surgery. No, he didn't no, choose he surgery. No, he didn't choose surgery, so he chose the, the eight-week process. Yep. But very less invasive. Um, less rehab time, so it would be better for him in the long run. As well as another star, John Wall, who had a knee injury, supposedly that he's been playing with since mid-November when he went knee-on-knee. Um, he finally decided before All-Star break to shut it down for six to eight weeks, have knee cleanup surgery, which is, I think is going to be beneficial for the Wizards because they are in a very good spot right now. They're third or fourth in the East. Missing him for six weeks, six to eight weeks, will hurt them in the standings, but I think they could still make playoffs, having come back 100% for playoffs. They've been winning without him. That as well. They beat the, the, uh, the Raptors without John Wall two days ago. You know what? Looking at the long term for that for that team, it's the absolutely the smart move. He is the franchise. You have him locked up. Yeah. You're in you're in not a bad spot right now. He'll be back before the end of the year. Yeah. It's just, it's the right thing to do. If if at most they would go from fourth in the league in, in the East right now to maybe what seventh tops, and they'll be fine in the playoffs with him back. And they will be dangerous yeah. if you are on the seventh seed facing against your Raptors, who are currently sitting second. I would never want to see the Wizards in no. the seven game series in the in the uh, in the playoffs. Boston, they might run Boston out for a little bit. So it, there's a lot of this is a perfect time as long as he can come back with eight weeks and play to where he was playing before he sat out. I think this is the perfect time for the Wizards. I think this could be smart management. Smart management. I know with weeks past we were talking about injury management where teams have dropped the ball with the San Antonio Spurs and Kawhi Leonard. In the 76ers and Marco Marco Fultz, um, and Portland Trailblazers as a whole with all their injuries before night. Speaking of which, a video just got released of Marco Fultz. His shot looks better. 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 What does that mean, though? We know know you're a 76ers fan. Um, Better. What what would you say is better? Is it like. I I would say if you have an extra spot on your fantasy roster, stash him now. So I didn't know this about Markel Fultz, but I didn't I didn't know his shot was weird or whatever. But when I saw that first foul shot attempt, I didn't know honestly didn't know what to think. I was like, <laughs> how did this guy get drafted first? Get drafted <laughs> first <laughs> overall, and like you know, and he shoots like that. It was an injury that forced him to shoot yeah, that way. It was way? a shoulder injury, and uh, I think it was because they were concerned about the length of the three point line in the NBA, okay. and they would have to adjust the shot because of that. Yeah. Um. So. I guess for some reason, being a shooter, they decided to change his shot. Yeah. Which is the dumbest thing you could ever do. 20 years of having a shot, you're going to change it before your biggest transition in your life. Like, college to NBA is the biggest transition these guys are ever going to face. Yeah, what an interesting scenario. 
It, yeah. That is tough. So, I don't know. Going back to the Wizards, I hope this is going to be a good change for them. I, being out of the Eastern Conference, I like the Wizards. I hope them the best. I, I like John Wall as well. He's really respected. I don't want to see him in the playoffs. No, definitely not. <laughs> Last time that happened, that wasn't good. So <laughs> Definitely not. Um, but I think that's everything that we had here for, for this week of the Raptors Den. Definitely, guys, thank you for listening in. And uh, you guys definitely know if you guys made it through the whole rest of this podcast, uh, you're the real MVP. Real MVP. Thanks, guys. Peace. Peace.